0: Mark, I got this question for you. I'm going to play a little uh, devil's advocate with you today. Um, Is it ever okay to lie in recovery?
1: Curious to hear your thoughts. Ready, go. (laughs) Is it ever okay (laughs) to lie in recovery? Wow. Now, to some people listening, that might (laughs) seem like an obvious question and answer, but to me, it isn't. Okay. Because as you asked that question, I have like a flood of addiction history come into my mind, a flood of family history as I grew up, (laughs) even situations with clients over the years, right? So Mm. first thing when you say that, uh, I think, "Well, well, of course not. You always tell the truth. But then the other part of me says, well, wait a second. Is it ever okay to lie? In other words, not tell the whole truth all at once right now, uh tell parts maybe mm. manipulate the facts a little bit <laughs> okay because to tell the whole truth right there there's the big potential for causing a lot of pain mm. uh maybe if i tell the whole truth right now in this setting we're going to get in a big giant world war three argument mm-hmm. and i certainly learned that as a kid it's better to maybe tell just a little lie because you saved, you actually saved lives. People didn't kill each other because you told a little lie. Isn't, I mean, that's better, isn't it? Huh? Right. So interesting. So there's <laughs> all these, I mean, totally transparent. When you ask that question, I have like a tidal wave that erupts in my brain where it's like, well, we probably should talk about that. Cause I don't know <laughs> if that's an absolute <laughs> response.
0: Mark is doing an excellent job. We uh, we're 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 taking a new foray into the podcast today. We have not we have not scripted or structured today's episode at all. We're just starting off with a question, so I think this is gonna be interesting. So Mark's doing a great job. We're putting him on the spot. Um, so when I think about that, I mean, I right, I I and this doesn't just play out in recovery. You know, we, you you and I have talked often about, and I think anybody listening can resonate with the fact that current world events and really world events over an extended period of time are always uh this question seems to always kind of come up right do the ends ever justify the means on on withholding truth or outright telling lies right or whatever the case is yeah um because i think on the surface most people would agree that the truth is always the best policy but there's a lot of uh there's a lot of room for people to try and make try and make the justification that it's
1: okay um, well, we and we see it all around us, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, and I'm not. I'm not saying this to take any particular political vent. It's just an observation on my part. Yeah. But we see politicians do this all the time right when it's time mm-hmm. for a re-election campaign or they're on totally. you know they're on the they're on the circuit oh, they yeah. say certain things they portray certain th- in fact it's all teleprompted usually mm-hmm. and then you find out later that behind the scenes that's not what they believed at all yeah but the way that they just well if if our party's going to win then you have to say certain things and i know that that's not the full truth or we, you know, we, we, yeah. withheld some things, but, but it's in the greater general good mm-hmm. for the outcome for us to do that. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. With advertisers and marketers. Well, if we don't present it this way, they won't buy. Yes. And yeah. There's some other factors about our product, but we don't have to share that because then we won't, people won't get this and have all the benefits from it. And, Right. And and on and on it goes. All of the rationalizations, justifications, strategies. And there's a there's some really pretty convincing arguments about what truth to tell, when to tell it, when not to tell it. Yeah, it's (laughs) I mean, our world is is upside down with this thing, man. You've 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 opened a Pandora's (laughs) box, my friends. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we'll see if anybody still listens after this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I see this with clients all the time, right. On the recovery level, it's the same thing, you know, hear all the time from clients. Well, I can't say that that'll mm-hmm. hurt her feelings too much. Yeah. Like that's, it's not fair to put that. I've had clients tell me that too. Steve, that's not fair to put on her. I can't, I can't talk about that. You know, like yeah. that would be okay. Yeah. You know, why would I want to just hurt her? Right. Um, and so it is, there's a difficulty with it. You know, when, when I think about it, if we're, if we're, as we kind of jump into the subject, my personal, so I, I used to, I think I actually used to have something in my office that had this written down in my former office. I don't have it anymore if I did, but I use the free, the, the, uh, phrase with clients often, you know, we tell the truth at any cost in recovery. Um, but the truth is always the best policy. And I'm a big believer in that. Um, however, there are, I, I, I don't, I think that there are, there are, is such a thing as, you know, there is such a thing as timing or appropriateness, right. In a given circumstance, um, for talking about certain things or, or even more importantly, going to a certain depth with things.
1: Yes. yes. Right.
0: Um, it's one of the reasons, for example, when I, when you and I work with guys, I mean, a common for most therapists in the know working on addiction recovery and when we're trying to restore trust in a relationship around, for example, like relapses, we use what's called the 24 hour rule, right? Which is it, which means that you need to call and talk to your spouse within 24 hours, right? Or reach out to them or have an in-person discussion or something and disclose, Hey, you know, I had a relapse and, and whatever else needs to be disclosed. And that's, that's kind of a discussion for another time. But, um, there's that 24 hours is there for a reason, because if I if I just relapsed right before we're heading to the family Christmas party, as we're walking in the door to go spend time with, you know, 50 relatives may not be the best time to have an in-depth discussion about how I relapsed a half hour prior. Um, I, and there are lots of, you know, there are a variety of circumstances where timing is is definitely everything. Uh, We choose that. We, uh, I always recommend with guys and I try to live by this as well, that that timing shouldn't be chosen on how can this best be received by the other person. Um, It should be much more along the lines of, you know, are we, are we in a, one, am I in a place to be honest on a level that I need to be with this, with this discussion? But then also are, do we have, you know, do we have the time? Are we both in a good frame of mind? Am I blindsiding my partner with this or am I, you know, kind of setting something up if it's going to be difficult information? Right. There's like so many nuances to it.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I brought all that up at the beginning, uh, not because I, <laughs> I, I think that they're appropriate places for lying. <sighs> um, but but it's a it's can be a very confusing culture and, you know, world scene that we live in. You know what, I've and, and I think disclosure is one of the more obvious ones, right? If, if I'm in addiction and I have a relapse, mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to tell my partner. Yeah. Uh, what I found with, with, with guys, and, and as I look back at my uh, deep addiction years when this was a really difficult thing for me, I, I know for you, you, you really, um, right out of the bat in your marriage, you were, you were always had a thing where you wanted to be honest about that. I, I was so scared and terrified of the consequences of telling the truth that I hid it for, you know, 15 years of my marriage. Yeah. But I find guys fall into one of two categories. One is like, like I was, where they're just so petrified that they just act in stealth mode all the time. Mm-hmm. The truth never comes out, right, until, well, sometimes <laughs> people that we never work with, sometimes the truth <laughs> will, takes a long time or never comes out. Yeah, or I here's the other one that I find sometimes. And once I got into semi healthy recovery, I kind of made a switch to a different approach from withholding everything to literally vomiting up on my wife, yes, you know, or my religious (laughs) leader, whatever, and telling them everything all at once right now because it felt good. to get it off of my shoulders, to, you know, to just unload it.
0: Is that unburdening?
1: Yeah. And that was not the right approach either. Agreed. Right. So we're trying to, we're trying to get to the place where we start. It's not about whether to tell the truth or not to tell the truth. We always tell the truth, Mm -hmm. but what are the motivations behind what we're telling? When do we tell it? How much do we tell? There's a lot of nuances to this truth issue. Yes, and now we start to get into my intention, uh, whether my ego's involved. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of things that now come into the mix
0: yeah, you're right. I mean, as I look back on my history, as you indicated i it 's probably the only thing I ever really did sort of right in in early in early on in the process and in, in the addiction history in our marriage. Um, I was always open with my wife as far as I was able to. I was naive in things, but by the same token. I think my go-to at the time was at least early, early on, right? I got better at being proactive with it. I I was a big uh, liar by omission, Yeah, right? Right? Like if I I really actually took a lot of pride in it, you know, when I talked to like counselors or something really early on in the process, you know, like 10 years ago, um, it was like, no, like I'll, I'll never lie to a spiritual leader. I don't ever do that. If they ask me how I'm really doing, I'll tell them if they can manage to corner me in the building because <laughs> if I see him coming down the hall, cause I know he wants to talk to me, I'm ducking
1: through one, one corridor so I can miss him. <laughs> yeah. So you and, never lie to them, but you, but you make sure that you manipulate your environment so that you never actually have to tell the truth. Yes.
0: And my, uh, and uh, you know, my,
1: my schedule is just really booked in the evenings, so I can't really get together and talk about it. <laughs> You know? Well, I love, I love, how, I love how you <laughs> positioned that. So, no, I won't lie to, I won't lie to them. But if they ever ask me, yeah, have you done such and such? I'll tell them
0: point blank. If they're like, "Hey, Steve, did you masturbate this week?" I'd be like, "Yeah," and I would, I would own that. <laughs> and but so what, I also, so I also they prayed, Don't ask you. <laughs> I also prayed off the fact that many of them either didn't have the courage or the guts or the wherewithal to do that, or I was really good at dodging. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so i was truthful if you could if you could capture the white rabbit and nail him down then he would be honest with you but
1: otherwise i just was
0: dodging dodging stuff and the same thing held true with my wife and i did get better with that in the proactive sense i would i don't there were very rare if any it's hard to know for sure but very rare if any times where i would just bold face lie to my wife with this stuff i was always pretty consistent that way but same thing right It'd be like, well, if she asks me, then I guess I'll talk about it. You know, I, you know, I'll always tell the truth that way. But I'm not gonna like volunteer that information. I mean, why in the yeah. world would I do that?
1: Yep, and right? that is such a common common phrase in our culture. Well, I'm not gonna volunteer that. Yes, if I'm asked, I'll come clean.
0: Totally. So you so, have to,
1: yeah, you have to step back and ask. So, so as you say that, and this is, yeah. I think, where we're probably gonna spend our time. I'm not, uh, to me, it's not some, yeah, we could talk all day about, you know, telling the truth, lying, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, go, it, it goes on all around us. Sure. To me, the question is why? So hmm. when you describe your early history and where, you know, if you were asked point blank, if you were doing such and such, you would tell the truth. Mm-hmm. But if you weren't asked, you weren't divulging it. You weren't going to, you weren't just going to come out with it. So the question is why? Why would we withhold that truth? Why Mm. would we wait for someone to ask us or wait to be cornered or, right? What's that about? To me, that's always the question. Mm, Not, did you lie or tell the truth? But whatever it is you chose, why did you choose it? Well, and that's,
0: no, absolutely. Well, and one of the challenges I think for that, especially for addicts, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade, right? I mean, I've yet to run across an addict that wasn't a master manipulator on some level. (laughs) <laughs> um, right. I mean, you can't get to the point where you're you've, you know, been in in an addiction for years, in some cases, decades, gone 15 years through a marriage, you know, carrying on in that given behavior acts so contrary to what you portray on the outside and not, not get pretty muddy when it comes to, to comes to rationalizing and justifying, right. Oh Those yeah. things. And so for, so I think for addicts, that's, that's, that's definitely, I mean, it's a challenge for anybody, but we're so good at lying, and we get so good at lying to ourselves, and through all those other subforms, right? Like the minimizing and the justification. That it's, I think, for for ourselves, it's hard to tell when we're being honest with us. At least it was for me.
1: No, it was really yeah, hard to even be honest with myself. The lines become so skewed because, you know, you get into so many different rituals and patterns and. Just all kinds of things you know and, and again, so the question is why do we do that yeah. and, and as I think back to you know to my my addiction struggles and and all the clients I work with you know all the time, there are some there are some common themes behind why we use these strategies, why we don't come fully clean with the truth, why we manipulate, why you know like as you said, the simple thing might be. Yeah, I'm in my church building. I know the route my bishop takes from his car to his office, and I make sure that I go down a different hallway. <laughs> that's manipulation. That's I'm, that's yes. altering the environment in order to meet some need that you perceive you have. That's not facetious, by the way. That really happened like many, many <laughs> I know times. it did. Well, I know I did it too. So I, I get
0: I get the wave from it and
1: be like, hey. Hey. I'm heading this way. <laughs> Acting like you're really in a hurry to get somewhere important. That's right. You're just strictly okay. trying to avoid him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry, schedule. I'm I'm sorry, Mr. Priesthood Leader. My schedule's all booked up with trying to avoid and circumvent you. I, I'm <laughs> no. not able to meet. No, absolutely. Well, and, and it kind of tied with the question too with the why. So the why I think is hard to, to weed out. And I think for most people in recovery – Again, especially addicts, but I'm sure for spouses as well, that can be a really difficult uh, try way to try and navigate things. What I tend to find as kind of being an ultimate litmus test with this, and I don't know if this is this is gospel according to Steve's stuff, but is uh, is is looking at the level of it, kind of going back to what we're talking about is my level of proactivity with what I'm talking about, right? Am I leading out with my emotions? Am I leading out with my weaknesses? Even, even, if it, even if that needs to be, the depth of that needs to be dialed in or dialed up, depending on the situation, right? So I'll give you like an example. So I had a, a wife that I was working with just a, not too long ago, several weeks ago, and we were having a discussion similar to this. She has a really hard time confronting her husband uh because of his reactivity when she shares hard feelings with him right mm-hmm, yeah i know we have no clients like that <laughs> no guys ever have a hard time with those kinds of things <laughs> so um so she is and, and so she's developed a lot of a fear response it's it, for her it's kind of become like it's just not worth it you know yeah it's like i try and share myself and if it's something unpleasant then it's like you know lord only knows how it's going to go and uh, we talked about that, and we talked about. I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I, I often discuss this concept of how can I be vulnerable when I'm not in when I'm in an invulnerable place, right? So how can I be transparent when the situation may genuinely not be safe to share in? Because there are cases like that, right, where legitimate safety could be involved, either emotional, physical, or whatever the case. Um, and so we talked about that. How, how can she still show up and be honest with her husband while at the same time, you know, holding back on, on things that aren't, aren't necessarily safe or appropriate to share yet. Yeah. And so we, we talked about the skill of still being proactive, but being proactive about what you can't share, right. Rather than waiting for him to come to her or her just outright deceiving or skirting the issue or whatever, we talked about a new skill set around where she, she's able to practically go to him and and say, you know what I have, here's how I've been doing today, right? If she's doing a check-in, here's how I've been doing today. And I actually have some really difficult feelings and some hard things to share, but I do have a fear sharing those with you because when that's happened in the past, it ends up turning really not just hard, but toxic for us. Discussion becomes very toxic. And I want to share those things with you, but in order for that to, to happen, We've got to make some changes about how we how we talk about them when they come up, because I want us to be able to talk about hard things and still be able to hang in the conversation without one of us either pulling back and withdrawing or becoming combative or whatever the case is. So she's so we're in other words, we're talking about the skill of, hey, I'm totally being transparent with the fact that here's how I'm doing, generally speaking. And there's a whole other piece of me that I want to share with you. But I need I need some things to happen so that it can happen.
1: Hey everybody, Mark and Steve here. Are you looking to take your recovery and your marriage to the next level? We work with individuals and couples one-on-one. With both in-person and online therapy options, you have access to the experts anytime, anywhere. To learn more, visit us at pbscpodcast.com. Well, and, and when I say, when I say, you know, let's get to the why about we're, why we're avoiding not telling the whole truth, you know, it's safer not to, yeah. um, all of those things are, that's when I, when I talk about getting to the reasons. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. a perfect example that you just stated. Mm. And some of those reasons can be really legitimate. Like you said, it, if I tell the whole truth right now in this moment. It could be unsafe for me. Yeah, Like my husband could really react in a volatile way as he often has. And so is that the wisest way to come at this? Mm -hmm. But instead of just blowing it off, say, well, I can never say what I really feel. I can never say what I really think. Yeah. Well, is that true? No, there, there, there are some ways to come at it where you can express yourself and be real. But you just simply need to learn the skills about how to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, as we're talking about this again, we're doing this all on the fly here. So I think we're doing pretty good. <laughs> you well, know, I'm as, uh, as, as I think about that transparency with, with others, right. Cause that's what we've been talking to up to this point. As a, as a former recovering expert liar. <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, as I look back, I didn't see it at the time, but as I look back on recovery, I, I, was, I was really good at being somebody I wasn't with everybody else, but I also got really good about doing that with me. And I just felt hollow inside, right? I just felt like I wasn't Steve. I was kind of a shell of Steve. And as I look back, one of the reasons was because I was, um, when I was inauthentic with other people, that required me to give away a little bit more of myself. Mm. It it required a little bit more self-betrayal, just like I was betraying other people. And I did it so often and so frequently, and honestly, it became like a lifestyle, right? I think it did for most of us. Um, That just kind of became the status quo rather than the exception. Eventually, I found myself in a place where I'd given away so many pieces of myself. I wasn't really me Hmm. anymore. Yeah, And, and so I, I, uh, I like where you're, where you're going with the reasoning and the whys because at the end of the day for me, Oh, I have to, if, if obviously I don't want to, if I have to share something difficult with a partner or with somebody, um, there's, you know, that their reaction may not be my favorite fun fact. And there's just no getting around that. Um, yeah. it may not be positive. Um, it may not be what I'm looking for. It may not even be productive. Um, but if I'm not transparent about at least the fact that I have hard feelings and I'm not ready to talk about them, then I keep giving away those pieces of myself, if that, if that makes sense. So I've, so for me, that, that, that being vulnerable in the invulnerability is almost a necessity, not just for my health, not just to keep my relationship healthy with my wife or whoever the case may be, it's to keep that relationship healthy with myself, right? To be able to look myself in the mirror and be present with myself and not be, de- not be in denial about certain parts of me, just like I am with others.
1: Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's, you know, that uh, self, self-deception or dividing of oneself is really a big part of addiction, staying stuck in addiction, yeah. staying stuck in trauma. You know, if I don't feel like I can really say what I mean, if I can't bear my soul, if I have to hide parts of myself, Mm -hmm. that begins to take its toll over time.
0: Absolutely. Well, and and honestly, I think that'll undermine the marriage the most. You and I have discussed on here before this topic, but across the board, I had a situation come up that was this exact topic came up just this week. Um, Hands down. Sexual addiction, sexual betrayal, sexual indiscretion, all the other hurtful things that we do in addiction will will kill the relationship, right? For sure. But the one thing that will undermine a relation or undermine a relationship quicker than anything else in my experience is just not knowing who you're married to. Right? And not being able to be you in the relationship. If one of those two conditions is met, unless something changes drastically, the relationship is honestly problem is, is on a collision course for failure um, because nobody can sustain a relationship where they can't either be them or where, well, yeah, where they have to be something that they're not in order
1: to maintain it. And so, well, and, and, and that, you know, if we bring that down to where it's, it's super practical be, in order to be me, to be my true self with my partner, I need to tell the truth. Yes. That's being me. It is. What you see is, you. is what you get. Mm-hmm. What's going on in here, I'm going to I'm going to let you see into that. So here we go, right? Intimacy. Into me you see. You cannot be intimate when you are lying or withholding truth or telling parts of the truth. I'm not letting you see into me when I do that. Therefore, yeah. we cannot have a full connection. Mm-hmm. This is why we don't trust politicians. This is why we don't trust salespeople. This is why we yes. don't trust you. Add the names to the list. Because they're not allowing us to see into the full, true, transparent them. Yeah. We don't feel the connection. Something's missing. Something's not right. Mm-hmm. You can't have an intimate, trusted relationship when that's the case.
0: Yes. Yes you know, a while back I had a client who was actually, I love that you brought up the sales piece. <laughs> I had a client who was a, who was a salesman for a local prominent uh, company. And um, that was one of the, the hardest things on his end to overcome as we were doing couples work is because he was good at what he did. He made a lot of money. And, 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 he was, and it wasn't that he was, uh, he, he, I don't think he ever outright lied to clients or anything like that. He wasn't doing anything immoral. But he was all about the hustle, if you know what I mean by what I say, right? Constantly emphasizing the positives, kind of pushing the negatives a little bit into the background, trying to constantly keep the benefits of things going on, you know, in the forefront while, oh, yeah, there's that other stuff. You know, it's like the Wizard of Oz. Don't pay any attention to that man behind the curtain kind of a thing. And we had this discussion. And I remember one day (laughs) I sat down and I just I looked at him and I had to say, your wife is not one of your clients quit hustling your marriage. It's not a hustle. Whether that works at work, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Who's to say? Obviously, it's doing something for you, but that's, that's work. Whatever that else that may be, that is work. This is a, like you said, this is an intimate relationship. Nobody is going to feel connected or intimate in a relationship if they're being hustled.
1: Yeah. And and it's you know we are we we have an intuition with regard to that. And this is so important for marriages. <clears throat> it may not be said. You may think that you're pulling one over on your spouse, mm-hmm. but they can sense it. You can yes. can't all of us sense when we're being played? Yes. Don't and do you like being played?
0: It's that used car salesman <laughs> feel, you know. <laughs> totally. Sorry, all you used car salesmen. I'm sure you're not all bad, but but yeah, totally. But it's,
1: it's when it. it see so you step back and you say okay is this about technique is it about convincing strategies is it about doing a b c and d to lead me to the close yes to me to the outcome that i want <laughs> yes if it's all about that you are not being intimate
0: oh gosh you just hit i think you just hit the nail on the head my friend um I think that might, that right there might be what we're really kind of divining towards in this discussion is, is that right. W- you know, kind of going back to the, why, what you were saying, um, what, what sort of outcome am I seeking? Right. Am I, am I wanting this situation to play out in an authentic way or do I have a certain, uh, what would you say a goal or an idea or, a or a prospective mind of how it should be? Right. Am I? Am I? Is what I'm doing here in this conversation or in this interaction? Is it me just saying, "Hey, here's me," and I want you to connect with me, or is it saying, "Hey, here's part of me," and maybe it's just the glamorous side of me, and I'm presenting that in such a way that you'll you'll connect with me in the way that I want. Yes. Right? So it's it's holding on to that result of connection because, like you and I have talked about, connection isn't always positive some of the most connecting moments in my marriage were the ones where my wife and I like were ready to be done, but we connected over the fact that we were both ready to be done and there was transparency and there was honesty there. Right. But I think, I think what you're hitting on is so true. It has everything to do with, am I wanting connection one, but two, yeah. Do I have a premise about what that should look like?
1: I love it. You know, you, you said at the beginning, this concept of telling the truth at all costs, we could reword that connecting at all costs. Sure. Absolutely. Right. So am I going to, yeah. am I going to connect with you and be, be transparent and genuine and honest just for the sake of doing so mm-hmm. regardless of the outcome yeah. or am I going to manipulate the process and guard myself in order to get the outcome that I, that I feel that I must have. Yeah. It's very different. Outcome versus openness for the sake of openness. Yeah. yeah. And frankly it's it's a scary place. Yes, it is. Scary place you wait truth at all costs, connection at all costs. Do you mean all costs? Yeah. Or just some costs. <laughs> like <laughs>
0: No, like, absolutely. So I'm
1: asking you, do you mean all costs? Oh,
0: oh, you're asking. Sorry. Yeah. I, I would say I would say at all costs as long as it's maintaining authenticity. I I may have said this before, but after six years of sobriety and eight or nine years in recovery, I can honestly say I've had a lot of relationships as I've gone through the process of becoming authentic. I've had a lot of relationships in both family and otherwise that have gone really well as I've brought that authentic side to the surface and I've had a few that have gone the opposite way mm, and that yeah. have become completely uh, disconnected yeah, uh, for various reasons as a result. And what I, and, and, and for me, I can tell you, honestly, I, at the end of the day, I would say I would choose it at any cost because the, the, the cost of not doing it as a guy who spent most of his life living as somebody he wasn't, it's just too high. I'm so over not being able to be me, right? It kind of goes back to that selfish motivation, that healthy selfishness that we talk about in recovery. I I do I, I try to be honest and transparent for my marriage. I do. I try to be honest and transparent with my clients because I want to mirror it for them. I try to be honest and transparent because it's the right thing, right? And all of those other reasons. But honestly, at the core of it, I think I'm at a place now where I do it because I don't want to live one more minute having to be someone else in the name of either someone accepting me or a situation working i would rather be rejected
1: for who i am than accepted
0: for who i'm not
1: man i i think you i think you nailed that if you if you were to sum up the reason why i was buried in addiction for so many years it's what you just said because i never felt that i could be me yeah masks and facades and, and putting on an act and doing all those things. And I could never get to the place where I could just be me. Yeah. And that, what, I mean, that law, that, that lack of, of self-authenticity, that pretending, that not, not feeling, not feeling good in your own skin. I mean, what does that do to us with regard to having now to find a way to soothe? And to Mm. cope, and to escape, and to avoid. If I can't even if I can't even be comfortable being who I truly am deep down inside, Mm -hmm. now how do I survive? How do I live? How do I try to be happy? Yeah, that's a big deal, and that's that's why this truth or connection at all costs is such a true principle. Yeah, because what's the alternative? Living as a fake, living incomplete, living as only part of me only ever being able to express the right things or the things mm-hmm. that are going to keep things even or outcomes, you know, what I need them to be. Man, yeah. we you know, we can both tell our audience that is, that is just, it's not, a, it's not a way to, it, yeah, it's a way to live, but it's, it's, it, it's one that sucks. Yes. And we tried it for a long time. Oh my gosh.
0: no kidding no kidding i mean it's just not it's just not a life it's it's really not and i think that same process again bears out in a relationship i i know that people hold back in their relationships when we talk about this stuff for all sorts of reasons like like we started this discussion i've had guy after guy and wife after wife come through my office over the years and have frankly really convincing arguments as to why i shouldn't be honest about this or that this thing from the past and it would just be dredging up and it would be whatever else. But in my experience at the end of the day, anytime, if we don't address that sooner or later, that client eventually ends up addressing it themselves because they realize more and more as they learn more about intimacy and connection and mindfulness that they can't, that they're they're not really able to live with themselves, not from a guilt perspective per se, although maybe that's some of it, but just from a, like you indicated, I'm just, who am I?
1: I don't feel like me anymore. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So. so if we, so if we wrap all this up, cause we went past our 30 minutes, okay. <laughs> we've never done that. <laughs> so what, so, so what's something that we can give those who are listening, what's something they can do to start to enter this realm of right. Truth at all costs, connection at all costs. What's yeah. a, we we need something simple to help them as a way to start.
0: That's a great question. Um, I would say I would say take one specific area of your life, and I'm going to recommend your relationship. You know, with your spouse for those who are married, but if not, one area of your life with yourself where you find yourself either minimizing your behaviors, right, uh, justifying, you know, not being fully you in that moment. Uh, that's kind of how I think we should look at it more than just telling the truth, right? Just being really you being really authentic, find, find one area and pick one thing that is, would be kind of the most grievous offender, I guess is a good way to put it and start making preparations, whatever that means to bring that to the light, set yourself a goal. You know, by the end of this week, I'm going to either reach out to a qualified therapist, you know, our numbers, if you want to, <laughs> um, or, or whoever, right. I'm going to reach out to a therapist or I'm going to connect with my sponsor. I'm going I'm going to connect. Maybe it's just with a trusted friend and I'm going to try and get some feedback on this and, and figure out a way where I can, you know, be more authentic and I can bring that issue or that topic or that instance or whatever it is right out into the open with my partner. Right. So, so that we can have yeah. a better <clears throat> So that we can have a, have a more authentic relationship, you always have to remember you got to you've got to distinguish the difference between authenticity and positivity. It's great when authenticity and positivity and connection all align. It feels awesome. It's like the best, right? But you have to. But if you're going to do this, you have to let go of the positivity piece and say, I don't know if the positivity piece is going to come along, um, but I am going to choose authenticity. And I'm going yeah. to do my very best with it. So that's what I would say. Anything you'd yeah. like to add? No,
1: I love that. And the kind of the way I come at this, which is very scary for people, and it was scary for me. But when my, you know, my mentor and 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 uh, some people I worked with to help me come onto my path to recovery, they said, "Mark, what is what is something that you've been kind of hiding deep down? That the, the thought of divulging it scares the living daylights out of you." Yeah. Whatever that, whatever that is, (laughs) that is the thing that you need to start preparing to disclose. Yes. The one thing that you would never tell anyone ever. Exactly. Absolutely. And so, and, and, you know, it could be, like you said, who, who do you uh, initially disclose that to could very well be a therapist. The first person you ever dared to do that with, um, in fact, we would, we would often recommend that because that's a very safe place to do it. And they can give you
0: like very balanced feedback on how to go about
1: it. Yeah. So yeah. And then, yeah. How to then share it with someone else you know, and, and how that comes about. So yeah, I love it. Start uh, start thinking about journaling about kind of coming to at least daring to confront whatever that might be. And yeah. the possibility that you might actually be authentic and open enough to bring it to the surface.
0: I love it. Awesome. Hey, success. All right. We, we pulled it off. <laughs> well, we'll
1: see what people <laughs> that, think.
0: I guess that's true. I guess that's true.
1: <laughs> Everybody, it's good talking with you as always. Have a, great, uh, have a great rest of your week. Yep. We'll see you next week. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety. It's connection. Together, we can do the impossible. To learn more about Mark and Steve
0: and to listen to more podcast episodes, visit us at pbscpodcast.com. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.